1: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
0: Kevin Hart extortion
2: deal. We ought to talk about that, the comedian. How interesting. Plus, Juggalos marched on our nation's capital over the weekend. Juggalos? Juggalos. What's a Juggalo? Oh, we've talked about Juggalos in the past. Doesn't mean I remember. Stay with us. Juggalos in the news. Is the emphasis on jug? Is it? No. 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 Okay. Uh, stay with us. Right now Tom Rivers of ABC News joins us. Tom is the uh, f- uh foreign desk uh, works at the foreign desk in London for ABC uh reporting on the acid attacks in Europe. Uh, Tom, welcome. How are you, sir?
3: We're doing okay. Yeah, these things have become, you know, on the radar over the past year or so and sadly becoming more more prevalent in the latest Incident Marseille, you probably heard about it. uh, Four American college students from Boston College uh, were in the train station there and approached by a 41 year old uh, local woman who's said to have uh, mental issues. And uh, she then threw, it's called a a weak solution of hydrochloric acid at them. uh, Caught two of them in the eye, but I guess they were able to. to uh, get enough fluid and water in there so it's not going to be damage or anything. But, boy, it's a scary, scary thing when that happens. We're seeing more and more of that kind of a thing over here, for instance, in London and other parts of the U.K.
2: Yeah, that could have been catastrophic. I mean, thank God they're all right. But So, Tom, our question, we're trying to wrap our arms around this. Is this a particular sort of attack or attacker, or is it just kind of a new, sickening weapon of choice for anybody who wants to perpetrate violence?
3: Well, I think over here uh, you're seeing it more in criminal activity, and because there's you know very very strict laws against handguns here, so so the criminals, for instance, don't want to do that. Uh, there are increasingly tough laws against uh, holding knives, but the, the the legislation, the bill hasn't been written yet for acid attacks, so that's kind of an open door right now until that's closed with a, with a law. Some of the some of the young, specifically young criminals in London, are uh, jumping on the wagon and using that as a weapon.
2: But what I'm getting at is, I because there have been some that seem to be uh, of an Islamist bent. There are some that are just settling settling scores if somebody want you want to hurt. I know there have been right. what seem to be random attacks here and there. So. I, I, yeah, this the,
3: yeah this one again. When, when these these things hit the wire, it's like the bells go off and you, oh boy, another terror attack. Doesn't seem to be the case this time. And some you know we've seen this elsewhere on the continent. Not only with acid attacks, but look, you know there's uh, people that are a bit disturbed and have been that way for a long, long time. Even though we see them through this lens now of this 21st century terrorism. Sometimes this stuff would have happened anyway, and uh, we all have to take kind of a half step back and just say, look, there's some kind of people out there that have some real issues.
0: Hey, speaking of terrorism, since you're in London, mm. watching uh, watching TV, reading the newspapers, that sort of thing, what's the reaction to the latest you know, uh, attempt at a terrorist attack? Are people getting fed up with it, or what's the feeling in that country?
3: Yeah, well, they're kind of rolling with the punches here. Um, the fact that the threat level today has been dropped from the highest level, critical, down to the next highest level... Uh, of severe, I think uh, that shows that at least these two individuals that they're questioning right now, an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old, the police think that uh, there's no, quote-unquote, big fish out there. So uh, the investigation will grind on. There may be other people brought in for questioning. But by lowering that level, people here are kind of taking on, if you will, the the subscript and saying, Okay, I think this this one is over. We've dodged this one. Gotcha. And uh, people are getting back to normal. People are going to be hopping on the trains now in about oh twenty minutes or so, heading home. And I think you know the the worries, concerns that they may have had this morning, pretty much dissipated today.
2: Well, I think they ought to make a stop in the local pub, but other than that, Tom, I I see what you're saying about them going home. Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent, foreign desk in London. Thanks a million, Tom. Good to talk to you. Take care. All right. Uh, oh, to be in a pub in London right now! There were 450 acid attacks in London last year. Really? Wow! And you know, wow! I wouldn't
0: have believed that there were that many in the world last year. As far as I can
2: tell, um, because I first became aware of acid attacks in in the uh, the Middle East and in your Muslim countries, uh, generally they're almost always against women. Uh, it's absolutely sickening. But as far as I can tell, in Europe. You know, Homo sapiens like to hurt each other for various reasons. Then, because of gun and knife laws, they're they're using acid now. I think it's just a it's kind of a a hot way to be cruel. God, what's wrong with you people? And I mean all people.
0: There's a pub in London been there for like 400 years. Like most of them, where Samuel Johnson used to drink. I don't remember the name of it. That's my favorite. Mm. That's that's where you got to hang.
2: Did you feel any smarter having uh, stayed there and uh, you know gotten stewed? Actually, felt dumber. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Taylor Swift's favorite
0: scent? Hmm. Beardo tree house candles. $80 at Barney's. Continuing my list of famous people and their favorite scented I'm sorry, candles. Uh, wait,
2: wait, 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 that was too fast. What? Beardo tree? Beardo tree house candles. $80. You can't make up names of trees. They all do. There's so- elms, there's apples. maples, there's oaks. You got a redwood? That's your three, and redwoods.
0: Sarah Jessica Parker says there's nothing better than a blue Rugode candle. Those are available at Neiman Marcus, they're $99. Not having one of those seems pretty awesome to me.
2: Keeping but... my $100 bill would be better. You know, I don't know what that is. I'm guessing it's not pronounced the way you said oh, it. Oh, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> but. Uh...
0: I don't care. Wow. So I was watching the TV last night, and I started in on the Ken Burns 18-hour documentary about Vietnam. How long was the the first one? Two hours. I watched How- the first hour. Um, And I'll tell you what. I had read a number of interviews that were... uh. Calling it good, not great, basically. And uh, I heard it has its flaws, but eh. but then I read the review by one George Will of the Washington Post, who's probably the only review I read by somebody who leans right. And mm-hmm.
2: he said it was freaking excellent must see TV, wow. which
0: made me think hmm, I'm guessing I would like it.
2: And so far, it's well, absolutely great. How interesting, because Ken Burns is quite notably a lefty. Yeah. So that's, usually, uh, th- I find that intriguing. He usually tries to stay, in my experience,
0: nonpartisan on his documentaries. That's the way I've taken in most of them. To a large extent, yeah. But um, uh, I think uh, I think most of the reviewers were wanting a little more America-hating out of it, maybe, <laughs> than, than was necessary. Anyway, mm-hmm. George Will recommended it. I watched it. I recommend it. so good. And it, it does start in the 1800s. Ho Chi Minh was born in 1890, so... Really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Well, that's well. Yeah, you he was think a about the very old man when mm-hmm. he was running. Vietnam War the show. was like sixties or seventies, right? That seems correct. Actually, fifties through mid seventies. It was thirty years, if you want to count the whole thing, the
2: whole involvement. Yeah, our our initial involvement was was pretty limited and covert, and the rest of it.
0: But uh, freaking fascinating, and they go back and forth between uh, like France in the fifties and us in the sixties, and comparing the two, and mm-hmm. just just so good. So so good. <clears throat> Ken Burns is a, is a master. I really liked the Civil War, obviously. I think everybody did. I liked the baseball one. Eh. Do I need that much baseball information? Jazz, I thought was great. The World War, World War II one was the one I liked the least, actually. I didn't I didn't like his artifice of picking different cities to focus on. But mm. anyway, so far, really liking the Vietnam mm, Yes, what of the artifice? That's what I ask when I watch documentaries.
2: What's your artifice? Going in, I'd like to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll I'll have to watch that. I I just came across, it was a funny coincidence, I'm reading um, the uh, groundbreaking and brilliant and troubling book, On Killing, and I can never remember artists' names, I think, Daniel Goldberg or something like that, David Daniel something. Um... Uh, and, and it talks about the, uh, the psychic casualties, uh, you know, psychiatric casualties of the Vietnam War, the incredible incidents of post traumatic stress disorder, et cetera, and the role of national approval slash welcoming back slash congratulations with helping soldiers' wounds heal. Um, the, the, Psychiatric mathematics of the thing are really compelling, inter- interesting, and pretty well studied. But it was funny. I just came across uh, somebody on on uh, uh, HuffPo or something. Some academic was saying the whole the veterans were abused when they came back from Vietnam is a false trope. That didn't happen. What? Yeah, I know. Columnist Bob Green, a uh, legendary uh, columnist of the eighties and nineties, mostly starting in Chicago. But anyway, he once said, you know, I've heard a lot about that, but did it really happen? Uh, let me know if this happened to you personally. Not you heard about it, but personally. And he got over a thousand letters from Vietnam vets within, you know, the space of a couple of months. It absolutely happened. Not only overt abuse, but a number of different dynamics, including the fact that those guys went over as individuals. Not with a unit. It wasn't you stuck with your unit all the way through boot camp training, et cetera, then got shipped over as a unit like in World War II and then shipped home eventually as a unit. Uh, in Vietnam, guys were sent over as individuals. So it took them a while to learn the guys in the units. Then guys would get, uh, rotated out and all. And then, you know, you would, all right, it's your day. You get to go home. You'd be the only guy to go home. And 36 hours later, you would be at home, whether on a military base or, or functioning, trying to function in your town, and there was none of the weeks of essentially therapy with your fellow soldiers talking about the things you'd done, some of the things you did that sickened you as a human being, et cetera, et cetera, how incredibly valuable that was. And so the guys would come back in this mental state, and then a lot of them get a tremendous amount of verbal abuse, whether direct or indirect, Because the society was talking about baby killers and the atrocities and the protests and stuff like that. So instead of coming back weighted with these terrible things you had to do, but having society wrap its arms around you and say, you did what you had to do. You did what you were ordered to do. We needed you to do it. Thank you for doing it, which is incredibly uh, important to healing. They got the opposite of that. So. The idea that, and you're going to hear more of that as this series goes on, that that didn't really happen, is an obscenity. It is absolutely obscene. Well, he already mentioned it in the first episode. Yeah, I know. I know.
0: That they were treated badly when they got back.
2: Yeah. And and you got people, for some reason, on the left, and I don't know why, saying that that Mm. didn't really happen. We, We owe an enormous debt of sin to the way we treated vietnam vets oh god um uh
0: the the interviews so they interview a lot of obviously american vets now about their experience when they were 19 years old in 1967 but all these uh vietnamese regulars also right and what it was like for them it's just it's really interesting yeah
2: well that's great
0: yeah Yeah. uh, yeah i'm looking forward to watching it now yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stick this one out already learned a lot in the first hour there's some gruesome stuff, though.
2: I'm sure there's a lot more well, to I come. I don't doubt it.
0: A lot more to come. That happens in wars.
2: Speaking of that book that I'm reading, in war in Vietnam, one of the things I learned from that book, so amazing, you'll think I made it up. I mean, seriously, it will be the most interesting thing you've ever heard about warfare.
0: That's next? Yeah. That's a hell Why of not? a... That's a hell of a promise. If I'm wrong... I will eat your as-uneaten (laughs) truck. It's a hell of a claim, too. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is there anyone who could say how big the audience is? Sean, do you know? (laughs) This will be the largest audience to witness an Emmy's, period. Both in person and around the world. Wow, that really soothes my fragile ego. That's Sean Spicer
2: showing up there and surprising the crowd and everything like that. Mocking himself and the president and the whole inaugural numbers thing, which was admittedly wacky at the time. Uh,
0: Yeah. But it's not even a year later. It's just, it is a little strange. I mean, so people are... Troubled by it in a number of different ways. Keith Oberman, uh, out today with a tweet. Shame on the enemies for the Spicer validation. He is dedicated to demeaning our craft and restricting our freedoms of speech. Hashtag unforgivable. So, you I'm
2: got. Sorry, who did that?
0: Keith Oberman.
4: Remember oh, him? Used yeah. to
0: have the most popular show on MSNBC? Yeah. Attacking the Bush administration? So you, you got a lot of people who just thought it was out of bounds for the Emmys to, like, t- treat with humor anybody from the Trump administration because they're so evil. Then you got the weird angle, like you were just talking about, it was pretty weird that he came out there and yelled at the press over something so inconsequential. <laughs> you know? And entirely debatable. And, and, and yeah, and whether you were right or not, pretty pretty debatable. So it, just, it was weird. <clears throat> just screaming at people over something. Why are we even talking about this? And then don't.
2: Make fun of that six months later or whatever. It's just weird. I can come up with an explanation, but I have no idea if it's correct. He thought it was stupid and crazy at the time, but he thought, well, this is my job. I'm essentially Uh the president's attorney to the press. I'm going to argue his case because he told me I got to. Um, and now he thinks, thank God, I don't have that stupid job anymore, and he wants Get to... Get the hell out of here! Even so, there's there's long been a tradition among those who would write this sort of book or do this sort of skit that you wait till your guy's out of office before you start saying, oh my God, the policy meetings? Uh, it's completely disorganized. Half the people were drunk. You don't spill those sort of beans until the administration's done. But evidently that, like so many other American traditions, has gone by the wayside. All right, here it is. Or it's all a reality show. So Dave Grossman is the name of the guy who wrote the book on killing, and it is an absolutely fantastic and compelling read. It's troubling at times um, because it's about killing and uh, humans' revulsion to killing, etc., training in warfare, dealing with... The guys who had to kill as soldiers because there is absolutely a necessary healing process for the vast majority of people because they are revolted by the idea that they had to take lives. Um, and, and we can talk about it more length like another time. We have some other stuff we want to get to. But one of the most shocking revelations to this, and this is more or less undisputed now, um, though, so some of the well, why am I? I'm worried about the one percent of you that have read this stuff and have a quibble with it. You can go to hell, my friends. Go to hell. The rest of you who find this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Putting wow. aside, well, some of the science that came up with these numbers has been questioned, but then it was replicated over and over again, so the original study being perhaps flawed is no longer that big a deal. Anyway, let's leave aside the Korean War because it was a transitional period. Up until World War II, you have a squad of ten infantrymen, riflemen. They're there in combat. How many of that squad of 10 men, on average, actually fired their weapon at the enemy with the intention of shooting them? 10 men. Probably a lot less than I think. Study after study, it's less than 3. Less than 3 out of 10. Firing rates, 15 to 25 percent, which is amazing. Although they go back to historical accounts and they found out that that is substantially true. Um, conflict after conflict, even to the days of like um spears and swords, most guys would yell and like swing at each other, but didn't want to kill anybody. And so the firing rates were less than three of 10. Training methods changed. So that training became much, much, much more realistic instead of laying on your belly, shooting at a bullseye figures would pop up you pull the trigger figure pops up you pull the trigger over and over and over again so that when you get into combat it's reflexive and it no longer seems like a human being it's just what you've been trained to do uh, and and the problem as they point out is that we've made much much more effective killers and therefore much more guys who really need some help dealing with it when they come home um, that's the main point of the book but is that not one of the most well I said the most so I guess I got to get to truck eating isn't that the most interesting thing you've ever heard about warfare? About 25% of guys, on average, or less, actually squeezed the trigger trying to shoot the enemy. Everybody else either didn't fire it or fired it above their heads because they want no part in killing anybody. Wow,
0: that is interesting.
2: Even in WW2. It's
0: got to be very difficult to win
2: battles if, you, uh, if you're if you aware of that. Other guys are doing the same. That's the thing. and that's but why... If you could get yours up to 50%, you'd really have a good chance of winning the battle. Right, right. Well, the, the number of, of units of ammunition expended per kill in, uh, in WW2 is like 40,000, and then in Vietnam, it was down to like nine. It was an amazing change. And they used the example of the British in the Falklands War. The British had modern training methods, and the Falklanders wanted no part in shooting anybody. So the British ran rough shod over the Falklanders. You hear over and all, we have the best trained military, blah, blah, blah. A lot of that has to do with... Our guys are reflexively trained to kill. Their job is to go there and shoot you in the chest. That's exactly what they're going to do. Whereas, you know, people with more backward, quote unquote, training methods, they're not gonna. Mm. That's one of the reasons we, you know, we're so successful. But anyway, I found that really interesting. And, uh, and we've done an incredibly poor job, particularly in terms of Vietnam. It's improved a lot with uh, wrapping our arms around our guys who did what they were ordered to do or d- drafted and then ordered to do this. And, you know, speaking of Vietnam, that's why I popped into my head. They had a guy. Some of these people got to be old. But they had oh, this... firing rates were closer to 90 percent, I think, in Vietnam, which is an astounding change. Oh, God, I'd
0: say. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So they had this old guy who was Vietnamese. And so he was part of the uh, North Vietnamese Army, the NVA, which I heard John McCain say one time. John McCain was being interviewed about how great uh, uh, American soldiers are trained and everything like that and how we're the best fighting force in the world. And he said, we are the only thing I've ever been around that compares is the North, North Vietnamese Army. Hmm. Equated them to our, abil- our abilities, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Partially probably because they'd been fighting for so long.
2: Anyway. Yeah, they refer to the Vietnam War as the American War because that was like the third one in a row. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. So uh, they had this old uh, NV-8 dude, veteran on there. And he was talking about it. This is in like in the intro of the show last night. And he's somebody is talking about who won and who lost. And he said, only people who don't fight in wars argue over who won and who lost. For those of us who fight in wars, it's all, all we see is killing. Wow. I thought that was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Trump's U.N. visit already, stirring things up in New York City.
5: The Juggalos march on D.C. we got a sign of the times. Another major brick-and-mortar retailer close to calling it quits. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong
0: and Kitty. Are
2: you familiar with the Juggalos? Are you at risk? Don't dare tune
0: out. And Marshall with another tearing the fabric of America. The brick-and-mortar store going Mm away. It's been my theme today. The fabric of America is being torn. The Emmys, the NFL, brick-and-mortar stores, juggalos, whatever those are. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. My wife just sent me a text. Cleopatra was on to something. Why did she send me that text? Because last night my wife took a milk bath. Oh, my. Which apparently was something Cleopatra did. <laughs> oh, my. I'd never heard that before. But A milk bath. She took a goat milk bath. Hey. How, how much yeah. goat milk? I don't know. Like a half gallon she put in the water.
2: Oh, I was picturing like 100% milk. Yeah, yeah That's what I was thinking. That would yeah. take many gallons. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I don't think you would, would I don't be think all dried come,
0: out. And I'm not sure you'd come out of that clean. I think you'd come out very milky. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Well, added milk to the bath. That's yeah, a thing, I no. guess moisturizes your skin.
2: Wow, how interesting.
5: Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump pressing the need for reform at the U.N., head of the United Nations General Assembly in New York. He is applauding efforts by the Secretary General to reform the organization so that it better serves the people we all represent, is what Trump's saying. We encourage the Secretary General to fully use his authority to cut through the bureaucracy, reform outdated systems, and make firm decisions to advance the U.N.'s core mission. Now, Trump's adding the U.N. has not reached its full potential because of bureaucracy and mismanagement. Antonio Guterres, who is the new U.N. Secretary General, has been pretty much saying the same
2: thing. He would like to see reform. I was going to mess with the peeps, Marshall. We kind of ran out of time today, but I was going to claim that Barack Obama said, the United Nations will emerge as a stronger, more effective, more just, and greater force for peace and harmony in the world. And talk about how great his speech was in contrast to that idiot, idiot Trump. And then the the, the crazy reveal, the reversal is that was what Trump said, touting the U.N. as a just and greater force for peace and harmony in the world. The definition of media bias. He'll get no praise from the left wing media for this for this speech in which he expressed, you know, support for the U.N. as a force for good. Um, And it, it completely needs reform. Can he get a little love, a little love? From anybody for that. No? It's mostly a force for doing nothing.
0: They do a lot of nothing. They do a lot of talking and then a lot of nothing. Spending
5: money. They're good at that. Yep. Well over a thousand fans of the insane clown posse, or juggalos as they're known, showed up to march in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. They're there to protest the FBI's labeling of the group as a loosely organized gang.
2: We're not a gang, man. We're just a bunch of people who enjoy... A strange type of music, and we might look a little different, but it's nothing more different than the you know the alternative kids back in the day.
3: It's not doesn't contain violence at all, no, no more so than like any kind of uh, hardcore rapper than the NWA back in the day. Uh,
5: such a designation by the FBI causes problems for the fans, from harassment by the police to discrimination from employers.
2: Yeah, at some point the FBI decided there was a, a fight or a couple of fights yeah. or something like that. That these juggalos uh, ought to be considered a loosely affiliated gang. Uh, they there was a big documentary out a while ago about the juggalos that I remember I watched and I came and talked about it on this show. The, they seemed like a bunch of hippies, kind of into this uh, violent imagery rap. But the main image I took away from it is is God, you got to stop doing drugs before you come off as like stupid. Way too many paint huffers. <laughs> That crowd. Was the, <laughs> wow, was the main you know takeaway for me. So, Are what's you? the music sound like? It's rap. It's it's yeah. It's it's, it's like punk rock rap yeah. hybrid sort of thing. With a lot of violent imagery, yeah. sexual imagery, but a, like a weird sense of humor as, as well. And where's the violent part? I, 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 I can't well, imagine. Here's here's what they look like. Yeah, that's the uh,
0: outfit. It's almost yeah. like a kiss style of face right. painting right. kind of associated. But they're with it.
2: scary clowns. Yeah. And I, how? Like some subculture group formed around that group, and their music is just mind-boggling to me. And I like all sorts of music. Deadheads, I get. Yeah. You know, you fish. follow fish around, whatever. You're you in a Kiss Army. Well, if you're more than 13, take a look <laughs> you at yourself. Um, but <laughs> how that turned into some sort of subculture, yeah. I do not get. Can, but
0: Can you just like something? Do you have to make everything your lifestyle that yeah, you're a yeah, fan yeah. of? Yeah. Well, everybody you just... needs an identity.
2: Well, I'm a fan of the Insane Clown Posse, is the identity for a lot of those fine folks.
5: <laughs> sign of the times, sign of the times. Toys Seller, Toys are Us may be close to
2: filing for bankruptcy. Wow!
0: Wow! That is something.
2: Uh, I remember not too long ago uh, raising all my kids. Uh, if it was anywhere near a holiday, Toys R Us was the busiest place on the planet. Yep. You couldn't d- force your way in. Yep. My wife,
0: and she does most of the shopping for this sort of stuff, but she, it would never cross her mind to go to a toy store to buy something. Because for the, kids. the
2: R is backward in Toys R Us? I'll bet she, ha-
0: I don't know if there's a single toy she hasn't bought online. Mm hmm. There you go. So she's ruining yeah. America, <laughs> putting the nice people out Tearing of work. Tearing the fabric of America. Tearing the
2: fabric of America, That's Marshall. It. You've Jeffrey, never been Sam, more
0: right. Jeffrey the giraffe about to be panhandling. What? What? He's, He's about
2: to be shot by that guy who c- killed <laughs> Cecil the lion <laughs> right. and skinned
0: for your amusement. Once you're in the buying online lifestyle, which we really are, the Amazon and everything like it, the idea of finding a time to drive there and park and go in yeah. and just it just seems so
5: crazy. Toys R Us is struggling with $400 million in debt, and they could file for bankruptcy as soon
0: as this week. That's interesting. Boy, what you got to take from the NFL, Toys R Us, whatever, the ratings for the Emmys, nothing's permanent. Every, everything right. that's going on, it's just for now. For now, this is working and is popular and is what people do. It doesn't mean it's going to continue. There's only
2: one thing that's permanent, Jack. What is that? Change. Oh. And yes. Devastating! And, and rocks. Really big rocks are permanent, <laughs> rocks too. Rocks are pretty
0: much permanent. <laughs> yep. And one other
5: side of the times, Rolling Stone magazine being put up for sale. Another example. Yep.
0: Yon Winner plans to sell Who's his Who's reading Rolling Stone? When I was young, yeah. everybody had yeah. a subscription to Rolling Stone. Yeah, I'm magazines. guessing your kids...
2: I'm guessing your kids didn't read a lot of Rolling Stone. I'm not sure they're familiar with it. They may be with the website, because it's still a pretty damn good music and pop culture website. There's a
0: million of those. Yeah, Yeah, so
2: these these are the websites that they print out on trees? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Um, a magazine is a website that they print out on paper. Mm. Why? hmm. Seems weird. Once a week.
5: Magazine founded in nineteen sixty-seven marks its fiftieth anniversary in
2: November. What if I want to know something about it the next day? No, 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 no. You have to wait a week, and then we'll tell you more <laughs> yes. stuff about who's making records. <laughs>
5: That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. here. I'm starting Getty. Show the voice of the West.
2: And if you get one of the eighty percent of magazines that are monthly, you have to wait till next month
0: to get more information about whatever it is that's you're into. How about right. oh, Sports Illustrated? Next week, I'll read about my football team and how it's doing. How crazy does that sound? Yeah, no People kidding. No kidding. kidding. Next <laughs> week. <laughs> Who wants to wait a month for new pornography, too? <laughs> it's another good point, Michael. I surely <laughs> don't. jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, the petering out coming up. I got, I got something that's good, but it's like heavy and devastating. Maybe we'll talk about Kevin Hart. The comedian... Uh, he got extorted
5: Talk so loud.
0: Which is kind of interesting huh? And how he handled it Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show
2: boom, shaka,
1: boom,
0: shaka, hair, in Why, So this is <laughs> I never liked chicken pot
2: pie I love it <laughs> <laughs> So this is Insane Clown Posse Yes it is sir. You and look You like tongue, this it's fine It's hard to imagine how this would launch a subculture though I mean, for one, the logistics of organizing a posse, a group of mentally ill circus performers, would be daunting. An insane clown posse. <laughs> How could you keep it together? There is
0: a uh, Juggalo documentary called American Juggalo 20 Minutes Long on YouTube if you want to know more about insane
2: clown posse. That may be the one I watched. I could don't be. know. Yeah. Seemed like it was an hour, but 20 minutes. <laughs> a lot of simpletons. I mean, really... Really simpletons who are looking for an identity in life, which is fine. I'm out at face
0: painting. It's like, hey, you want to be a part of this culture? We got to paint your face. I'm out. I'm not doing it.
2: Yeah. Feels too weird. Get all greasy and kind of, you know, bad for your pores.
0: Remember when Letterman, uh, somebody was going to out him for cheating on his wife, wanted a bunch of money.
2: Yeah. Or he he was going to write a book. He immediately called the cops
0: and went on the air and said, I've been cheating on my wife. Kevin Hart pulled the same thing over the weekend. Uh, apparently he's been straying from his wife on the road as a very famous actor-comedian. Mm. And a video out proving something. And a person tried to extort him, and he immediately came out and told his wife and told everybody, hey, I've been cheating on my wife, who's pregnant.
4: She oh, had to be, Lord. She had to be nice.
0: thrilled to hear that. Uh, I've apologized to her. She's really mad. Blah, 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 blah. But now the person obviously can't extort them. Right. Extort him because... Right. It does take away the power of the extorter, but uh wouldn't be easy. The best way would be to... To uh, shoot
2: them. Best, <laughs> the best thing to be not... If somebody to, extorts you, shoot them. Don't do the behavior in the first place. Oh! Does it, does oh, it oh it I'm easy. sorry. I should let you finish your sentences. It's really, it's rude of me. <laughs> Presumptive.
0: But yeah, he jumped in front of it. Now, of course, his wife may lead him, leave him and take $80 million with her, but...
2: Yeah, true that. Well, I wish those kids good luck.
0: But there's, So there's a video out of him uh, snuggling up against a girl in a in a booth at a bar, and it's clearly him. But then there's part of the video is so, the sounds of some people having sex, and then somebody that kind of looks like him in a dark room walking across the room, and, and it's <laughs> not sure whether that's real or not. Yeah. I don't, you know, because... Well, him jumping out in front of it kind of... L- leads credibility to that this was an actual thing. Yeah. Who was actually taking video? So so some some chick who got with him videotaped it so she could extort him? That's something. Who thinks of who wow. who lives their life that way? Wow, that's cold. Yeah it is. Sexy extortionists think that <laughs> way. <laughs> Apparently. Right. <laughs> wow. It's a heck of a way to live your life. Uh do you want uh, heavy and dark? I don't know if it's dark, it's heavy. Um, we got a couple of minutes left. How much time we got, Michael? I can do it in two minutes. Okay. Kind of, what made me think of it was you talking about people coming back from Vietnam and, uh, post-traumatic stress, that sort of thing. But this could apply to a number of things. I don't remember where I read this in the last several days, but I thought it was really interesting. The rules of society. There's these rules of society in, in this one particular area, and here are the rules. You're not supposed to have anything wrong with you. That's rule number one. Number two, so far so good. Number two, if you do have something wrong with you, and you tell anybody, you're supposed to get over it very quickly. Okay. And number three is, if you don't get over it very quickly, you should feel very, very, very bad about yourself.
2: Mm, I don't know how. And
0: to, that why. most people live by those rules of society, even though like nobody tells you these oh, things. Oh, so you're
2: just—I thought it was going to say—and that society is the Marine Corps. Or, no, or just, just no, just society, okay. just life.
0: And, and and I thought, you know, all of us. Yeah, you're I not supposed to have anything wrong with you. And if you do have something wrong with you, you're supposed to get over it very quickly. Right. Yeah. And what was the third one? If you don't get over it quickly, you're supposed to feel very bad about yourself. <laughs> well,
2: how interesting. And I think
0: that happens to a lot of people about a lot of different things. And I don't know who made these rules. And I don't know, you know, where, where you learn them. Yeah. But I think it, uh, I don't know, it sounded pretty accurate to me. Yeah. Interesting. Where do you suppose that comes from?
2: Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing or bad thing? Now you're now you're uh, fuzzy headed. What's his name? Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. Blitzer. Good thing or bad thing? How does it... the so the first part? You're not supposed to have anything wrong with you, right? And so, so you try you, to
0: do as best you can. And, and and yeah, and if you think you might, you think no, I can't be, or I'm not going to admit it, or I don't want to, because nobody's supposed to have anything wrong with them. At least I'm not supposed to have anything wrong with me.
2: <clears throat> I think we've made a transition now to a culture of victimhood, though, aren't we? Don't we now celebrate? Everybody being oppressed, I don't. I, I I could see in your more stoic, um, everybody pulling together societies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta harvest the wheat. You gotta uh, you gotta pull your oar. You gotta. Uh, your problems got nothing to do. Seems with the rest to be
0: of it. just based on my observing of the world. It seems to be one or the other. You're either in. You either live the culture of the one I was just talking about, mm-hmm. or the other. I'm a victim of all these things and. Everybody should feel bad for me all the time. All right. And there's I have no, like, no agency. Yeah, there's like no in-between. <laughs> just all yeah. one or the other. Which mm. is probably not healthy. Uh, can we hear our guest announcer? Yes, you may. Yes, I did do that thing you just made up. Now it's time for Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. I'm lost. I didn't that Anybody could, help me? That confused me. Uh, that was a t- tie-in to when we used to introduce Growly by saying, Hey, Growly, you used to do the... Oh, right. Thing. Gotcha. And then this guy was trying to be the new one and just, no, that, i, I no,
5: got to delete that. No. that Here's right your now. host
2: for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Yeah, boy, what's the point? Marsh Phillips, your final thought.
5: Boy, I got a heavy heart. I can't believe after giving Joe Getty bottles of artisanal tonic water uh. this morning, Joe lashed out at me repeatedly during what? the course of the show. What? During an earlier discussion on ballpoint pens, Joe referred to my use of an inkwell as a young man and then later launched into a grammar attack on my alleged use of the word he and him in incorrect fashion. That's not Do intended you tell him Marshall, as an attack, it's
2: an effort to enlighten. It is the tearing
5: of the fabric of America. <laughs> I don't attack, I teach. M- Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, I feel like my childhood is disappearing. Toys R Us going bankrupt. That makes me sad. It was a big part of my childhood. Here's hoping Jeffrey the draft finds a good zoo. Mm.
2: <laughs> Positive, Sean. Your final thought? Yeah, I was out
0: on a date with a lovely lady last night, although she did order the sparkling water. She made a point to ask for the sparkling mm. water. I, is that it? Is that a run for the hills thing? Is that mm. a... Mm. I don't know. It's a
2: sign. I don't certainly know what the keep sign an eye means. On, I would keep an eye move an eye from on. DEFCON 4 to 3, a higher state of alert. It's okay. not. A deal breaker. All right. All right. Jack, what is your final thought? I
0: certainly had better experiences with people order tap, but that's just my life. (laughs) Uh, Why did my kids set up a bar in my house? I need to figure out what's going on there. I don't even know where they heard about a bar or came up with the idea that that's it. I'm going to the bar. And then you sit there hunched over a drink. Sad.
2: I don't know. You know, (laughs) if if they open up a head shop in your living room, I'd probably have a detective trail your wife. Yeah. Figure out where she's taking them. Uh, My final thought is. We mostly watch the Emmys and shows like that, so we can report to you on how obnoxious it was, because it's usually obnoxious. I'm not sure I have one more year in me. I think about the Academy Awards coming up, what, March, April, something like that? I dread it. Oh, I I wish there were any redeeming value.
0: Didn't they used to show more clips of the shows or the movies? If they did that, I would love that. I'd like to learn more about these shows. I don't care what the people have to say. But, yeah, there's there's not a lot of redeeming value in that. And the lowest rated ever Mm. last night. We'll see tomorrow. God bless America.
3: This is... uh
5: and we really hope you forgive us for what
1: we've done.
2: Thank you, and good night.
1: (laughs) The show's over. What? Bye-bye.
2: Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history, the First Amendment and boobs. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?